Comics and games to movies and TV. This is the Nerd Show on thirteen ten KFKA. Nerd rage. Nerd rage. Now here are the nerds. Hello, nerdians! <laughs> Happy Nerds Day! Are you? Hey, Nick, would you take the pillow off of your face as as we continue the rest of the show? It's Can you do a, that? It's not a pillow, Scott. Oh, they're not two pillows. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Clear your throat, Nick. A little euphemism. Yeah, no, uh, it's a completely different one, but yeah. What what happened to your voice? Yeah, what's going on there? Um, I just really enjoyed Loki so much this week, I could not stop screaming. And for those of you who are not in studio right now, the sarcasm is palpable. You can actually smell it. Oh, I haven't actually watched Loki. That's why I was saying it was so. Oh, so I guess Mike and I will talk about it without you. Was it because there was a a a pair of Colorado Grit games this weekend? Actually, that's exactly what happened. I am the MC and the announcer of the Colorado Grit MC. Yes, and uh, you know, so far in our two home stands we've had, maybe three. I can't remember. This will be the third. Um, I haven't lost my voice. I have a healthy routine of. Shouting, getting a crowd riled up, and going right to 477 afterwards <laughs> to uh, have some bourbon to coat the throat. And uh, I was fine on Saturday, but uh, there was it was an incredible game. It was hard fought, um, back and forth goals. The crowd was the best we've had so far as far as enthusiasm and excitement goes. You're welcome. Um, unfortunately, they they they. The, the, the Texas team tied it up with eight seconds left, went into five on five, or sorry, three on three overtime for five minutes, then into a shootout. So, oh, wow. Um, Saturday night, I felt swollen all mm-hmm. in my neck. And uh, that was, um, yeah. So, the last couple of days, I've been this. Yeah. But anyway, we have Scott Magerflesh, <laughs> Micah Kilpatrick behind the glass, and me, Nick Kenny, also known as. Darth Monger. Darth Ambivalous. <laughs> you don't get one because you don't have a voice. Oh, he should get one. I'm trying to make it all scratchy. Come on. Darth Harmonic. No, quiet like I am. <laughs> I wow. Okay. I mean, but at least he gave you one. But, you know, props to the producer for... I wish I could I could that. make it scratchy. I could just like a DJ. Yeah. So uh yeah, I confess I haven't seen Loki yet. It was a very, very busy weekend. I was trying to piece it in a little bit last night and today and then I got um talking to one of my billets uh when I was gonna finish it up and I'd rather spend time with my billets when I'm not sure. home very much. But uh um, I know I'll let you guys talk about it later on. Maybe I'll duck out a little early, but I can just say so far that the banter between Owen Wilson and um, Loki, I'm spacing on his name, his real name. Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston is just picked up just where it left off last year. I'm 10, 15 minutes in on the, from when they're eating pie. It oh, yeah. cracked me up, but uh, I don't know what happens the rest of the episode. But I do notice that the titles are, are entertaining this year. We had yeah. to play on the... Um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe last week. Mm-hmm. This week's was called Breaking, Breaking Brad. Brad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, but but X Five was Brad, and so it was good. I I said last week that I was confused 
because there were elements within the show that I didn't understand. And it was like I had to go back and rewatch them again and things like that. I will say that I am still somewhat confused. However, it isn't bothering me like it did the first week where I felt like I was missing something or I was out of something. I just I'm realizing that there's a story arc here that is going to get played out and it'll be great and awesome. And we're not expected to know all the details at this point in time, which I'm actually leaning into and kind of appreciating. So, Can I ask a question? This newly reformed Scott with patience and not knowing everything seems calm, cool, and collected. Where was this during Ahsoka episode? <laughs> you know, I I think because probably I have a, a deeper affection and appreciation for Ahsoka and we can also talk during one of the segments about my recent trip and tour at Lucasfilm, which was incredible, and it's been all revamped when and fresh. When hasn't well, it been incredible? Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> did was at Lucasfilm and at Skywalker Ranch this past weekend, and so, but the Lucasfilm tour I hadn't done in a number of years, and it was great. And I only bring that up because you mentioned Ahsoka, but I think that Loki is something that. Because I don't know what's going on. Mm. And I think maybe that's the key for me. Because if I don't have a preconceived notion. Yeah. (laughs) If I don't already know what's supposed to happen or what's going to happen or what should happen or I think what should happen, then I'm kind of waiting to see how it comes out. And I think that was my problem last week is I felt like I needed to know a little bit more about what had happened. Didn't get it. And this week... I liked it. I liked the fact that I didn't quite know some of the elements with Sylvie and He Who Remains and some of the other stuff, but it was less it was less confusing, it was less convoluted, but I still don't know much more about, you know, kind of Loki and his visit to the future with Sylvie, and I'm okay with that. I don't know. I didn't get that far. So. Yeah, that's right. I don't know, Micah, what do you think? I, I'm I'm more confused than you are. Are you ambivalous? <laughs> I am ambivalous. Look, I <laughs> I I think I watched it when I was falling when I was too tired and I was falling asleep. Maybe I did I just didn't understand it. I was hoping you'd say kind of that Loki comment from what Ragnarok. I have been falling for thirty minutes. minutes. <laughs> anyway, I have been falling for thirty minutes. I won't kill you. I won't tee you up again, Micah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I. I'm not impressed as much in this season as I was in the last one. Last season was intriguing. It was fun. It was different. And this season is, it just feels like one of those Marvel movies that's, it's not paint by numbers, but it just feels like it's setting something up and that's, the purpose of season two, to set up something else, to set up the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I, I thought that we were we already did that with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum, Fargle, Dibbledop. Quantumania. I, uh, you know, I was just looking up because there's going to be six episodes of Loki this season. And there were six the first season, which aired in June of 2021. So we're, what, two Over two years, years out. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem like that long, but no. but uh, f- season one was part of phase four. Season two is part of phase five. 
And again, I haven't seen the rest of this episode. I'm intrigued. I, I love the characters and the casting and the acting. I think they've really knocked it out of the park with this. Far superior than some of the other live-action shows that we've had. Um, and I can't speak to your point, Mike, of what this tees up as far as Marvel. Um, but I, I'm curious just seeing, okay, well, this is in Phase 5, but we wrapped up Season 1 in Phase 4. So I think a lot is riding on this show for kind of the future of the MCU and how they're going to continue telling stories or how they're going to start bringing it all together, I say very loosely, because I still don't think we have enough defined characters that can kind of replace the core Avengers that we had in 2012. Oh, no, not at all. I think that they're... And I don't know that that will ever happen again. I feel like that with all of the the main, main characters that we had... And them all kind of riding off into the sunset in different ways and different forms that we sort of lost that nucleus. And I know that, you know, hopefully we're going to see something. I saw some things over the weekend that were teasing out that there's actually a an Ironheart film and it's sort of like Iron Man retires and there's this element that supposedly that could happen with Ironheart. Is that the gal from That's uh, the younger the young lady Black Panther? Uh, yes. yes. Kind of forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that that may happen and that there's some nods and they bring, you know, that Richard Downey, Robert Downey Jr. would be back as Tony Stark, but kind of giving her his blessing for her to take that on. I don't know if that'll happen or not. That could be interesting. Kind of like a hologram, like his goodbye and farewell. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit odd how they're going to do that. There's some there's some speculation that it could be a potential throwback before those things were happening, that there was some elements. But again, we're dealing with timelines. We're dealing with all this other stuff. So maybe that was something that he was playing with, you know, in between. Oh, I got I got an idea. The snap. And so I don't know. Time out. I do. What if. Take this through, Micah. What, now, I didn't I didn't finish the iHeart, uh, the uh, Ironheart comic series. But what if the artificial intelligence in her suit is Tony Stark's voice? Could be. That would be interesting. It definitely could be. I like the the Tony Stark reference with Loki when they were eating the pie. Yeah. And that's about where I, I stopped the episode. Yeah. But that was a good... It was interesting, yeah, how he makes reference to that, you know, and I did that, and that that was not a strategic move on my part. You know, that was my emotions getting the best of me. And so it's interesting to see that come up. And to your point, that reference coming in now, it's like, oh, wait, we're talking about Tony Stark. We're... Mm. You know, and how could that change? And as we saw all the pruning happen, it's like, I don't know what we do. I am. I'm not too far into this episode. I had a fleeting moment that came across my mind that Obi may be evil. And I will be devastated if that's the case. Just saying. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I just I just had a fleeting moment for a second where I go, wait a minute. What What if? I mean, Marvel did that whole what if series. So yeah. here's my what if. But um, I mean, well, you guys and wrap this show with Loki or kick me out now and talk about it more. But we only have, I think, four episodes left. And I'm okay. I feel like it's a good pace mm-hmm. in the 1.25 episodes I've seen and did really miss Owen Wilson and Tom Hilston's, uh just on-screen banter back and forth. It was good. Still do. We should talk a little bit more about it. Okay. After the break. After the break. Stay tuned for more of The Nerd Show. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to The Nerd Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's Voice. Here with Scott and Micah as we're discussing all things nerdy. Not all things nerdy. We'd need a much longer show for that. And we'd need some people who have other interests that would complement ours because we definitely do not like span board the games whole spectrum. And, and tabletop games. Speaking of board games, yeah? um, I'm hosting – so this is any listener who might be in the, the Greeley or Northern Colorado area, November 11th, Access and Allies, Global Edition. I've got so far four people uh, engaged wow. in uh, in a game that I was kind of raised on. It's a very time-consuming game. Mm-hmm. It takes about as long to set up as it does to play. <laughs> um, but hey, if anyone's there, reach out on the Nerd Show and let me know. Say, yes, Nick, I want to play. Okay. How do you play this game? It is a strategy game with... Uh, yeah, World War II, this is set up in 1939, and it has both the European theater of war and also the Western. You can play them individually, or you can combine these into an eight-foot-plus, excuse me, board game. And you have, you know, seven of the, or maybe eight of the world's powers just duking it out. You know, you and and the, when is, what day is November 11th? That is day Veterans Day. A Wednesday, huh? No, it's Veterans Day. Oh, Veterans oh, Day. That's, oh, that's a Saturday, but... It's almost fitting that it falls on a yeah. on a quiet Saturday nuts. in November. That would be good. Well, nuts, I, I don't think I'll be able to do that. But that sounds very interesting. I love strategy games. Now, I'm you, terrible at them, but I love them. You said nuts. And around this time of year, uh, you'll see uh, fundraisers. There's one for the Greeley Centennial Rotary where you can buy nuts and make great gifts. But uh, I don't know if you all know this, but at the Battle of the Bulge, Oh, yeah. The the U.S. was surrounded by German forces. They had their counteroffensive in the winter, well, fall leading to winter of 1944 to 1945. And so the commander of the German forces sent a a message to the general. I want to say it was Patton. I don't think it was Patton, though. No, Um, it wasn't someone that, that. But it was a general, and they were reading this transcript on Christmas Day, and it just basically said for, you know, the surrender because the U.S., the paratroopers were surrounded and the general responded with, nuts. And that was it. Yeah, um, that, that's where the phrase comes from or the exclamation yeah. comes from. Um, yeah, it was just uh, – <laughs> and they didn't, uh, they didn't surrender. That was some of the most brutal fighting of uh, World War II during the Battle of the Bulge in Bastogne. But, uh, yeah, nuts. Fun fact. Fun fact. There you go. So uh, I would – much preferred to have you guys wait to talk Loki, so I don't okay. have any spoilers. But sure, we could do that. Things in in the nerd world. I know we just wrapped Ahsoka last week, um, and just uh, feedback. Have you guys been seeing anything online? Um, we gave it a nerd show stamp of approval, yeah, almost without hesitation. I think it got five of six thumbs up um, <laughs> between the three of us. So. Uh, what do you guys think? What's next for Star Wars? We are, it kind of now goes into the wayside because, you know, we've got Loki and other nerdy things that'll be coming. Well, up we soon. have Skeleton Crew, and that's going to, I think, be the next feature film that we're seeing. Um, we no, also so that's a that's film a film. Or, that's not yeah, a that's, show. I thought that was going to be a show. I think it's a show. No, maybe it is live a show. Action? So, yeah, live action show. And then we heard that that is the plan for the Lando series. So we're going to get some of Donald Glover in that regard, which will be great. I think that could be really 
um, well done. And then there was a lot of speculation just with the people I was around this past weekend about, are we going to get another season of Ahsoka? And I think we have to. I don't see how we could jump from how that ended directly into a film by Filoni to kind of wrap up the Mandoverse. And we've got a Mando season four coming. And so that could be interesting to see how they're going to start to work some of these things in. I think we've got a lot more to explore. So I'm hoping that that will take place and that will help us to further the Star Wars conversation moving forward. Well, Dave's got a lot of time on his hands. He's got, you know, to do something to Filoni his time. That was a stretch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bad pun alert. I, uh, you know, back in the the heyday of Star Wars, which I would say we're recreating now, where we're in that heyday of really good content. Um, not a lot of content because back in the '90s, that's when it really took off with the novels, with the video games, and we're not quite there. Um, I, I, part of that's a production standpoint because of the incredible amount of resources and funding and time that they're putting into these live action series, the storytelling. But we also don't have that filler content that we used to have back in the 90s to kind of satisfy the Star Wars fans' thirst and need for more. Uh, well, it is there. I will I will disagree with you there. They are doing a lot of that. They're really trying to work on the novelization. They're spending a lot of time in the Old Republic. And so you've got the Knights, of, you know, not Knights of the Old Republic, but it's the time of the High Republic. And so there's a lot of books in that series. I think I'm seven or eight books behind at this point oh. with all of the different novels that have come out. There's been some that are a little bit more in the current theme. And I, I can't remember the last one I saw that was sort of be in the, the current, you know, somewhere around, you know, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. And so there's still some elements there. So they are doing some work. But they're really avoiding everything that's going on in the time areas that we're dealing with now, which I think, to your point, is part of the problem. Because we got to read all of these different things, and there was – and got to give a lot of credit to Pablo Hidalgo when he was doing this for Lucasfilm back in the day with their books. It was like, here's your era. Here's your main characters. Go write something creative. And as long as the stories intersected well and they didn't contradict one another. We had a lot of great stories that build up the characters that we loved in this gap time. And we aren't getting any of that. We're getting, oh, we're getting an old story about, you know, whether it's a young Luke or a young Han Solo or whatever else we want to do, but we're not getting anything new that's going to kind of lean in with some of the story arc that we're watching now. And I I love listening. Well, I mostly do audiobooks. It's easier for me in commuting and stuff. It's frowned upon to, to read and drive at the same time. It is not not healthy. Um, but but yeah, I, I love the Star Wars novels. You know, I usually listen to them mostly on my drive to and from Indiana uh, whenever I make my trips back, just to try to keep up. And I'm I'm really enjoy and I'm, there's so much content they can expand upon in the Old Republic or the High Republic. But their characters were not really. They're not recognizable right now uh, in the current t- live action series. And I like, I'm, I'm glad they're not trying to throw a lot of novels here so that way they're not trying to retcon things. I still think Filoni is eventually trying to explain how Palpatine returns and will probably have that explained in, you know, the, this Mandover series. But 
you know, for me, I loved Darth Revan and mm-hmm. and Darth Bane, and I don't think those names would have as much clout until we get something from that era. In, I mean, I could be wrong. This is just my personal preference, or and also how to make sure we're keeping Star Wars fans engaged and not itching for more and frustrated that it's not happening or coming out quickly enough. I would say that if you have a really good, compelling story, you can introduce brand new characters. And you mentioned two right there, Darth Bane and Darth Revan. I mean, the whole, you know, Darth Revan being a Jedi, turning to the dark side and then coming back into the light and doing it before he dies and still oh, having to navigate Vader that. Vader did that kind of. Although he didn't That's really what I'm saying. He literally did it on his deathbed, whereas we had, you know, Darth Revan, when he reconciles and he comes back to the light side. I mean, he spent 20 or 30 years, you know, paying for his mistakes and, and for all of his evils and trying to show the positive way. And it was a good storyline. So I think... Mm-hmm. That may be part of the problem is that we have not had a good foundation on good stories. And I'm going to say that about the High Republic stuff that I'm reading, that I have been reading. It's just not all that interesting. And it seems to be something that we've already read a dozen times. There's nothing new or there's nothing that would have been new at that time. It just seems like it's the same old story, you know, kind of over and over again. I mean, the current story arc is you got two neighboring planets that share one celestial body and they're supposed to be partners and collaborators. And now they're sworn enemies for a couple of hundred years and they hate one another and they've got issues about resources and they bring the Jedi in to help them mediate the process. And, you know, there's a third party playing in the backside that's, you know, trying to, you know, sabotage this whole event. Stop me if you've heard this story before. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> in uh, our history or in uh, the Star Wars uh, history. Both. But I mean, it's like that was kind of the whole point of episode one. That was what mm-hmm. the whole premise was. And I just I. I struggle with the idea that there isn't something new out there for us to be able to glean on, build on, and have fun with. Mm-hmm. When who do you charge that with? It's uh, you know Dave Filoni has been doing just gangbusters with John Favreau and just working to really tell a compelling story in this universe we're in now. I think you got to have somebody else. I and whether that's somebody who's taking care of the canon or. Somebody else, not necessarily a director or writer, but just somebody that can guide and say, okay, you go work over here, you go work over there, and kind of be a be an orchestrator of the of the entire play as opposed to just a scene or a section. Hey, right. did you guys know Dave Filoni got in trouble with the law? It no. was felonious. Oh. <laughs> well, we might be back after the break. We might just call it a call it a show. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be back. Welcome back to The Nerd Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Here we're just nerding it up. Yeah, I was trying to figure out whether if I was offended or I was proud that Micah just called me a nerd right before we came back from the break. But Well, th- no, the, it, was, it was a joke that, that you went to Lucasfilm <laughs> a second time within a year. No, and I'm Skywalker called- multiple times. This is oh, the first okay. time I've actually been back to Lucasfilm and... 
I think it's Wait, that's not years. the same thing? No, those are two very different. I thought they were on the same <clears throat> like lot. No, so Noob. if you go back to 2012, Disney bought Lucasfilm. And that did not include the Skywalker property. And it did not include many of the other assets that George Lucas had. So the winery, the big house, some of the other things. So there are elements that were kept separate. And so they are actually two completely different entities. Okay. So Darth Vader's winery is still no, it's not. By. Nope. It is not Darth Vader's winery. It is Skywalker Wines. And it is owned by George, but there is nothing Star Wars related to it because he doesn't he no longer owns the intellectual property to do that. You know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson said that he got ripped off, that he should have gotten more money for it. And I kind of agree. Four billion dollars well, is not enough. Somebody actually mentioned to me while we were on this trip, and I haven't had a chance to confirm it. But theoretically, the story goes that all of those funds went to charity. I mean, George is the type of person who doesn't need the money. Yeah. I mean, once you're talking a billion dollars, it is harder for you to spend a million dollars a day or even a month. I think it's even a day as insultingly high as that number is um, in your lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why you spend it on eccentric things. Well, see, if I was if I was like a, a just a, had a stupid amount of money. I would I would like say I I'm giving a hundred thousand dollars for the person who finds Scott Joplin's lost opera. Like I would I would do that because I want to find that opera, and like I would give a million dollars to something so I can have a bathroom named after me. I would do some like weird stuff just for the hell of it. It would do it would just be just for fun. You certainly would have the resources available to do something like that should you so choose. Yes, and I would definitely do some weird stuff. Oh, so. Not not like the buy the yacht weird stuff, but maybe I'd I'd have a a car, but it would have like a a turret on it. <laughs> it wouldn't obviously it wouldn't be active because that would be illegal. But like I just want the look of it. Okay, I think we're learning more about Micah every day. Mike is very weird. I think yeah. we're also yeah. being tapped into from a safety in the community perspective when Micah <laughs> opens up on the air. Sure. I think it's fine. But we'll <laughs> go back to kind of what I saw. It was very interesting because, as I said, I hadn't actually been um, into Lucasfilm proper on an actual guided tour for five years, and it was so different. Um, and I mean that just all the way from the aesthetics to the displays and what was shown and how it was set up. And so... You know, George Lucas is a self-professed huge fan of Frank Lloyd Wright. And so everything in Lucasfilm... Of the Wright brothers? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I Sometimes I don't even know why I try. <laughs> what you uh, should have said was, no, that's not right. I should have said that. But I didn't. Sorry, We're Scott. both Frank no, that's right. you. So they... <laughs> So they've really revamped and they've redesigned pretty much the entire space. I mean, they've gotten smaller. So the amount of just square footage that they have that's available on the tour is quite a bit less. But it has this very modern, very skilled, very, you know, we're showing you the latest, latest technology as opposed mm -hmm. to some of the stuff that was now some of the old stuff still there. But it was very interesting. Like you walk in through these doors and... It is these 
bright lights, very industrial, very modern looking. And there is one of the largest screens that you've ever seen, like on a wall inside. And it's all these tiny LED lights, Hmm. you know, so it's this really different kind of it almost reminds me of like a, you know, a scoreboard at a stadium, like a light bright Um, kind of, but a much better one. And it's. You know, and it's 10 feet tall and it's probably 30 feet wide and they're showing content on this on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And so it's designed to catch your eye. It's designed to do that. You turn around and it's got the 50 year history of Lucasfilm and it talks about, you know, where it started, how it became and what was done with all of that. And you just kind of get to see that. And then you get into more of the props and more of the the details from Different movies, not just Star Wars, but it's, I would still say it's 75, 80% Star Wars. They had a really great display as you as you first walk in, all about the Dial of Destiny. And so they had all of the costumes of mm-hmm. the major characters that were there were all on display. And, you know, they're doing this in order to try and drive people to come and actually tour the facility. And, you know, if anybody is interested on how you would actually be able to accomplish said tour, you can message you post on our social media page. I'll reach out to you individually and I'll let you know how you can do that because they've set this up because they want people to come and tour the space. They mm-hmm. want people to see it. They want to share it with them. And then the biggest boon, and this is where I think it becomes a little bit like eh, you end the tour at the company store. And so you can go shopping. But I noticed this time around, it was really interesting. Every single tag of everything that's branded Lucasfilm says from the Lucasfilm, it's authentic from the Lucasfilm company store. Hmm. And that's the only place you can buy those things. And so the branding and the marketing has changed so that you know that you're buying stuff from the company store. And so the advertising is still there. The interest is still there. But I think there's an effort to try and maybe better monetize all of the elements of that. And so it was interesting. The The content was great. I've got a bunch of photos I'll post up later once this actually airs. And like they had the ship from the Mandalorian. It was really sad to see the Razor Crest there, but it was the actual Razor Crest in a physical model that they used that John Knoll literally built, you know, this kind of this motion capture tracking system for the Razor Crest. And it's right there on display. You see the Ahsoka ship, you know, the T6 right there. And it's super cool to see. And so you're recognizing elements that are coming in from a practical standpoint and how they're leveraging them. And I still love the, you know, the the map painting from E.T. And it's got the little Star Wars there Mm -hmm. in that one corner where it was actually being, you know, supposedly shown on the drive-in theater Mm -hmm. uh, because of the timing of E.T. So love all the stuff that's going on there. And it was an amazing tour and great to see. And it was interesting to see how it changed. But it was you could tell that the feel and the focus was much different than it had been prior. You know, and Scott was so kind as to bring Micah and I back some gifts. And it's just it's some pieces of Alderaan. It looks like just dirt. To yeah, me, it really is. I, it's branded, and you paid a pretty penny for this. Well, stuff. you know, I, and and the, and the guy outside swore to me that they were real. <laughs> he actually had a certificate of authenticity that was signed. It it looked like George's signature. I don't know if it is or not, but it, it seemed it seemed authentic. For I some reason, George's like, name was misspelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah but but you know, sometimes he does that. So. <laughs> James <laughs> Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. So James Earl Lucas. James Earl Lucas. Yes. So oh, um, that's but, awesome. Thanks. I, yeah. 
reach out to Scott too and maybe we'll have to take another trip back, Scott. Maybe so. Do some research. We can do that. You'll probably not hear me in the last segment. That's Gen V talk and more Loki and I have not seen either and I might just go uh, go down to my favorite watering hole to um, help rapidly cure my throat ailment. Okay. We'll, we'll do the best to finish out the show without you. Live long and prosper. Stay tuned for more of the Nerd Show. Some of us will be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to The Nerd Show, coming to you live from the Aloe Fiber Studios in Midtown Greeley. And yes... Nick, you got your voice back. No. No, we did not. We are Nicholas. Ah, see what I did That was there? a good one. That see, was good. that's... We're yeah. all doing puns today. We are. It's really good, but no, we're... Yours wasn't offensive like mine was no? offensively bad. Okay, I'm sorry, but the felonious <laughs> one was great. Okay, it would have been good if you hadn't worked so hard... To set it up, and you hadn't had three that were like horrible before that, all using the same. And I wasn't felony. so amused at my own joke. Yeah, I think that tends to be it as well. But yeah, Nick has not had the chance to experience the boys' spinoff Gen V the way that Mike and I have. And so we have seen the latest episode that came out on it's Thursday or Friday. I can't remember when they actually. Yeah, dropped. I think it's Thursday. I saw it yeah. Sunday. So, yeah, I saw it over the weekend, and I actually think I liked this episode more than the rest of them. I thought this was their best episode so far. I I, I think it was better than the last two, which were not good. Um, it, I think the first one was the best. This one's second or third best. It was – it's getting better, hopefully. It got into the story more. I still do not care at all about the love stories or the lust stories well, or wherever we're going with there. And we know those are all full of drama. Well, drama and conflict and intrigue. And I. Well, some, one of them, you, you have to really. One of them's interesting because a, one of the characters is being manipulated yeah. into. Uh, manipulating the others correct yeah there's the the duplicity that we think is happening we get revealed towards the end of the episode and i don't know if we need to spoiler alert this maybe we should spoiler alert but if you haven't seen it then turn your radio down now for the next eight minutes or whatever else and then listen to the podcast after you watch it but i did not see kate being the bad guy in the memory wipes I didn't see it either. I I thought it was going to be the uh, d bag who got his uh, oh yeah junk yes. destroyed exploded yes and and I thought they played into that really well. They did. They you know represented it and you know he was basically was kind of the wrong place. I mean he's still a horrible character, but he was in the wrong place. And Kate, the one that has the ability to convince you to do whatever you want, was actually getting these guys to forget things that had happened to them and was being done to the guys of protecting them. And I, I liked the idea that she felt like she was doing what she was doing 
to protect them. And in reality, she's hurting all of them, including Sam and all the other characters. But I, I actually really enjoyed this episode, and I found myself being more wanting another episode than I have been so far in this series. Yes. I, I'm still going to watch it. I don't the, – the one issue with this is it, it's a spinoff, so it doesn't have anything to take from. It doesn't – Oh, but we're going to get it next week. Yeah. Well, yes, we are. But it didn't, it didn't have any – these are brand new characters, so they mm-hmm. had to you know add some filler in there. And their filler was all this lovey-dovey college student drama. And you didn't have that in The Boys. No. You didn't have a lot of fat in there. You had some, but you didn't have a lot of fat in there. In this, there's a lot of fat. Well, and I think they're trying to make it a little bit more interesting. I had seen some of the preview scenes about the little fight sequence that we had with Sam and all of the armed guys that come in. That's my favorite uh, scene in the show. I forgot about that. And it was crazy because we had seen how – we'd seen a couple of hints of how he – starts to kind of literally just sort of blank out, if you will. And then when he starts to imagine, these puppets come into play. And so we saw that in some of the first episodes with Sam. We saw it again in the last episode when they were in the in the movie theater, the drive-in, when he's looking at the TV. But then we see it again in this episode, and it's Emma you know, trying to talk to him and through some way, shape, or form, trying to guide him. And then all of a sudden the soldiers show up. And when they show up as puppets, I was like, this is going to be weird. But I actually enjoyed it because they were able to do a lot of the overly excessive, gratuitous you know, violence, violence without being without overly, being overly gratuitous. gratuitous. And then it was just at the end. And so you kind of... You knew exactly what he was doing, but that's it's almost like it's a protection mechanism for him that he views kind of them like, as puppets. Like what uh, Noir has. Yes. When he yes. he sees cartoons mm-hmm. and they're explaining things yep. to him. He's Yeah. It's it's kinda they have some positives like that, but they still have a lot of junk in there. A lot of fat that needs to be trimmed. There was still some of that in this this episode, but it's I'm a little wary. I don't want it to regress. I want it to continue to go forward with the story because I think the story is very interesting where you have experiments going on underneath the school. And is she going to get caught? And what happens to her if she gets caught? Because she's just just a human, isn't she? The the dean? Yeah. Well, as far as we know, keep in mind, we ran into that with the boys and it was either season two or three where we found out that the senator actually has the ability to blow up your head if she can see you kind of thing. And nobody suspects her as being a, you know, what is it? What do they call their enhanced human? Yeah. So, you know, so we don't know that she's played that she's the she's not enhanced, but we don't know that. And so I like that. I also thought it was interesting how. Marie is now the most powerful, and they're trying to figure that out. And I think we've seen some hints of that with her figuring out, you know, how to get the tracker out of her body, why that's there. And some of those other elements have actually been good to kind of tell about what's going on and why they're doing this. And I cannot imagine, and I'm assuming they're going to get there with the number of flashback episodes, just kind of like what we saw 
her do with um, her boyfriend when she basically gave him those memories back of what had happened. What are we going to see in flashback mode that she's given back to those other individuals who have no idea what happened? So I think that's actually going to be a great kind of build that story up from what we know to what has actually happened. And there's going to be stuff in there that we haven't seen and didn't have any idea on and didn't see coming. If this episode had not landed, if this episode was okay or bad, would you have stopped watching? Probably not. And I say that simply because there's sort of this morbid curiosity I have when I get into a show. It's like, I'm just going to see how bad this train wreck is. And um, I would have kept watching no matter what. I'm glad I have kept watching. And more importantly, I'm actually, again, for the first time in this series, excited for the next episode to see what happens, especially now that we know. And it may not be the next episode, but Soldier Boy will be there. I'm excited about that. I'm a little apprehensive. Not, I don't want them to regress. No episode three, no episode four. Are we? Was that episode five? Yeah, I think it was five. Yeah. Don't go three, four on me. One, two, great. Five, great. Don't. I don't know. I'm just a little worried that they're going to go back. Well, let's hope they don't. And we will talk more about it next week, which will be a great opportunity. So thanks for listening. And nerdians, you stay nerdy. And live long and prosper. That's my line. I let you say it. <laughs>